Welcome to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. I am your host, elemental yoga teacher, Samantha Dinage. Join me as we explore holistic approaches to find more balance in today's hectic world. I invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram with the username at the Beautifully Balanced Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Today we are talking about sleep. So there are three things in life we cannot live without. And no, unfortunately, it's not lint chocolate if you have a sweet tooth like me. It's our breath, our food and our drink, and our sleep. According to Dr. Chatterjee, a UK GP and host of the Feel Better Live More podcast, sleep is the most undervalued pillar of health, yet neglecting it can have devastating consequences. And I will share more information from him during this episode. So sleep, it can be so easy for some, like my husband, or challenging for others, like myself. We can wake up feeling tired and groggy or awake and refreshed. And there's many other great areas in between. As someone who has struggled with sleep since I was a small child, I used to dread going to bed. It's only in the past couple of years, I would say, that I've started to feel good about my sleep. We have 24 hours in the day and a chunk of these are dedicated to sleep. And sometimes when we are so super busy, it's easy to lose a bit of time from our sleep in the evenings and in the mornings. So let's have a look at why sleep is so important. So when we have a lack of sleep, according to sleep scientist Professor Matthew Walker, it presents itself in the body as a stressor. I know when I don't get enough sleep, I usually have an underlying feeling of stress all day from the following morning. So in the body, we've got adrenaline and cortisol pumping around and increasing and our inflammatory markers go up. We could also be more likely to develop type 2 diabetes as we become more resistant to insulin. So The lack of sleep is having a significant impact on our physiology and on our health. And I've talked a lot about stress before, so you know where I stand with how important it is to reduce stress if you've listened to some of my other episodes. And lack of sleep also creates a higher appetite. So meaning we're more likely to eat as hunger hormones reverse which can, of course, potentially lead to weight gain. I know when I am sleep deprived, I crave much more sugary junk food to try and keep myself going and keep my energy levels topped up. But often these foods give me that big slump and crash afterwards. In the brain, our cognitive functions become impaired and our memory, our attention, our ability to make decisions become impacted. If we think about emotional health, lack of sleep can make us prone to overreacting to negative and stressful triggers. And I can definitely relate to that and I'm sure many of you can too. 
So just think, how could your impact, or rather, how could your perception of day-to-day life and the experience that you have change if you weren't so reactive? I know when I've had less sleep, my personal mental state definitely declines. Fascinatingly, as I was reading Dr. Chatterjee's book, The Stress Solution, I also found out that sleep has an impact on our cells. He shares about research carried out by the Surrey Sleep Research Centre that compared people who had six hours sleep with those that had eight and a half hours sleep per night. After just one week, it was found that 711 genes were distorted in the group that had six hours sleep. Half of those genes went up in activity and half of them went down. So the ones that went up were the genes that were associated with stress, chronic inflammation, cancer and cardiovascular disease. And so you may be able to guess what happened to the genes that went down. They were associated with a balanced immune system and a stable metabolism. So steep loss impacts many more factors too, including negatively impacting on our gut microbiome. So therefore, getting enough sleep can be so important and also immensely healing. Sleep can reduce the impact of the most stressful and traumatic experiences, potentially reducing the likelihood to develop mental health concerns such as PTSD and depression. So if you've had a stressful day, one way to support your health is to prioritize your sleep that day. Because whilst we're sleeping, not only are we repairing our bodies, it's also giving the mind the conscious and the unconscious mind, a chance to process everything, to reset, to deal with things and therefore leave us feeling more balanced and with with greater well-being. So in terms of brain waves, which also links to yoga nidra, there are various cycles that we go through during each night with its own function. And it's the delta waves that offer the deepest level that really tap into our unconscious state. And this can be practiced during a yoga nidra session, which when you do it on a regular basis can help really support the body to enter into this deep restful state where the mind is gently awake, but the body is resting. And in fact, one of my um, clients, she actually messaged me saying that she checked what her, um, I think it was her heart rate was during yoga nidra and it had lowered down to the same as when she is in the deep sleep phase. So that was super interesting to have that bit of data and feedback. So the difference between quality and quantity of sleep. Because I think many of us focus on the quantity, but we don't always consider the quality. So quantity quantity of sleep is how long we are asleep for, but the quality of that sleep is about having the different states of sleep. 
as I said, that helps the mind and the body to process what it needs to in order to wake up refreshed, healed and in optimal state. So what affects the quality and the quantity of our sleep? This could be eating later, which means the body is still working to process the food. When we exercise later, it means that we've woken the body up rather than settled it down. And this is why I love teaching wind down yoga after Zumba, because in that 45 minutes, we can feel completely different to when we were pumped up and energized at the end of Zumba, having a nice slow stretch out, winding down for the evening, for me, just feels so wonderful. Many of us are so busy that we stay up later, all knocking out our natural sleep rhythms. It's a bit like when we go on holiday to a different time zone. We adjust our eating, our sleeping patterns around that new rhythm and we can find that we adjust and alter as we go about our weeks. And in fact, there's a term linked to jet lag at home, which is social jet lag where we operate in one rhythm on the weekend if we stay up later and then we also perhaps wake up later on those days but then we go back into the week back into our working lives and then we've got a different sleep and wake up pattern and this is throwing us off the inconsistency it could take us a while to adjust from one to the other depending how large the difference is. So it's no surprise that this is going to impact on how we feel. Since I've been waking up and going to bed around similar times, seven days a week, I have to say that I am feeling less stressed and tired and I'm feeling more revitalized, more balanced and my mental health feels more consistent. So what else can affect the quality and quantity of our sleep? We've got artificial lighting. So how many of you have the lights on bright in the evening, making out that it's still daytime during the winter when actually nature is settling down and that darkness, the quietness of the evening is is creeping in. There's also the use of balloon screens that can kick our natural rhythms out of sync and these lights reduce our melatonin levels that not only help us to fall asleep but also help to lower inflammation among other effects and Dr Chatterjee shares that if you are able to fall asleep after looking at your device if you're one of those lucky people then the quality of your sleep however is likely to be impaired he says that we're losing time in the REM deep sleep phase And this is why he always recommends to his patients that they leave devices outside of the bedroom and put boundaries in place to reduce that screen time before bed. So in order to support these natural rhythms, we can expose ourselves to daylight in the mornings and we could also use warmer red bulbs which are more of a natural kind of campfire effect in the evening along with using candles. And Dr. Chatterjee also recommends blue light blocking glasses. I'm yet to try them myself, but he certainly raves about them and says his whole family use them if you do need to use screens in the evening to help 
reduce the impact that that light is is having upon our rhythms so there's a few suggestions there to help us keep and get into a natural sleep rhythm in addition we've got stimulants like caffeine and alcohol which even if you can get to sleep can again impact the quality of the sleep throughout the night i rarely drink alcohol at the moment as I don't feel like I want to give my body something extra to process and remove from my system. I want it to use its energy to uplift me and give me that vitality as much as possible. But I definitely notice an impact on my sleep when I do have the occasional glass of wine. I definitely wake up more throughout the night, kind of into the early hours and if I wake up in the morning too early, then I can really struggle to, to get back to sleep. So all of these points about eating, exercise, social jet lag, the lighting, the stimulants are things to consider before you even go to bed. And I know from personal experience, some aspects that have really affected me whilst in bed are things like temperature. So if I am too hot or I'm too cold, this really impairs my ability to sleep. And this has been helped by the use of seasonal seasonal duvets, you know, going for higher togs in the winter, lower togs in the summer, in order to try and moderate the temperature. I also ensure that the radiators are turned off at least 30 to 60 minutes before bed so that the air feels a bit fresher, a bit less stuffy. And I try and close the curtains in the summer a bit earlier in the evening. So try and keep the room cool because where my bedroom is, the sun shines right in all afternoon and evening. Also, pillows. Having the right height pillow is one of my biggest bugbears when it's not right. (laughs) I sometimes take my own to places to avoid that keeping me awake. So you may be able to tell I am quite a sensitive sleeper. Noise and lighting are also important for me. I like it to be quiet. I like it to be dark. I want to feel nice and safe and settled. I also can find comfort a big issue. Some nights my legs are really restless And in the past, before I found yoga, I used to suffer with constant aches and pains that would keep me awake at night. I also used to wake up in the night from wet, from sweats, which I put down to stress, anxiety and poor digestive health at the time. It's amazing how things can affect our sleep, but also how these things, we have some control over and we can change to help improve things and the sleep council say that many of us wake up between 2 to 4 a.m so this is okay it's quite common but when we can't drift back off to sleep and we stay awake then that's when it's really not ideal and from an ayurvedic perspective two till four falls into vata time which is two till six a.m and this is maybe when we're sleeping the lightest that we're likely to be in more of a dreaming state and the inner world is moving so this timing said by the sleep council is no surprise here 
So I used to spend ages getting to sleep, waking up regularly throughout the night, struggling to get back to sleep. And for me, here are some other tips, sorry, things that have helped me, I'm going to share with you with some other tips. So are you someone who checks the time when you wake up and then panic in the middle of the night? Yeah, I don't know if that resonates with you, but that used to be me. I used to check the clock. I would be calculating how many hours it was until I'd have to get up. I would start dreading the day ahead and then start worrying about everything that I needed to do. Is it any wonder that I couldn't get back to sleep? So I moved a visible clock away from the side of my bed. I learned to eventually not automatically think about the time. And therefore, I didn't have that knock-on conversation and worry in my head. I found that this really helped me to settle back to sleep after some practice because I felt more calm, more safe, and I could relax and let myself sleep. Also counting how many hours it is until I need to get up when I go to bed I have found to be really unhelpful. So now, ideally, I don't really even need to think about this because if I go to bed in my routine within the hours that I want to go to sleep, knowing when I plan to get up, giving myself a little bit of space, some leeway to take my time to fall asleep. And if I wake up for a short while, that's okay. I can still get in the sleep that I want. So I don't need to think about the hours anymore because that would be stressing me out because if I was lying there and I'm awake, I'd be conscious that the hours were going down and I might not get get enough sleep and feel rested in the morning for my day. So my husband, he will fall asleep pretty much straight away. He'll sleep pretty well through the night he would still comment, even though I was trying to get out of this habit, how he's going to get, you know, eight, eight and a half hours sleep or whatever when we went to bed. And luckily, we've really managed to get out of this habit because it was so unhelpful for me, particularly when he's asleep 30 seconds later and I'm lying there thinking, great, the clock is ticking. So we can help by putting our body and minds into the relaxation response, the rest and digest mode, rather than the fight or flight stress response. So we can activate this relaxation response through yoga, through meditation, or breathing practices before bed, for example. And alternate nostril breathing or deep belly breathing, where we're imagining the belly expanding like a balloon as we breathe in, and contracting down as we breathe out can be really great for this. In fact, it was really interesting when I recently did a month-long alternate nostril breathing challenge with some of my community. So many people found it beneficial for their sleep and they are now making it part of their daily evening routine. A slow wind-down yoga class can be ideal to release tension from the body and mind And lots of my class community comments how they sleep better after having been to the class. 
Breath practices also help to calm a busy mind. And from a yoga and Ayurvedic perspective, you may have heard me talking before about tuning into more earth and grounding qualities to tame a whirlwind mind. Standing with the feet firmly planted into the ground and feeling the soles of the feet on the floor can help bring, bring about focus, send our focus down out of the mind and into the body. And in fact, the feet are the furthest point away from our minds, so creating more space. It definitely helps my overactive mind and it's very easy to, to try. You could also rub some relaxing oil or lotion into the feet before bed. This can also help create a calming and grounding effect along with doing, you know, two or three yoga poses that are low towards the ground also such as a child's pose i've also used yoga nidra regularly over the past four four years or so to help me to get to sleep or to get back to sleep when i'm having trouble sleeping if i'm going through a short phase like that i'm so thankful that it isn't every night and the yoga nidra gives my mind something to focus on as I follow along to the voice and, and the guidance. And it helps me to move then towards a more restful night's sleep. So along with reducing screen time and other evening routines, there's a few other things that I like to do before bed to signal to my body and mind that I'm preparing to go to bed and to sleep. And this is often a peppermint tea, a warm, relaxing shower and put my PJs on. Sometimes it includes a face massage. And I talk more about routines in episode 20, the power of morning and evening routines. So do feel free to check out that episode because the morning and the evenings are such pivotal moments that shape the beginning and the end of our day. So... Thinking about yourself, what are your current sleep patterns? Do you tend to wake up and go to bed at the same time throughout the week? Or perhaps you are a shift worker or you have a young child to attend to during the night. We all have our own individual circumstances that we have to try and work with rather than against. So if you feel like you would like to prioritize your sleep more, what would be one thing that you've heard in this episode that could apply to your circumstances that you could easily try tonight? Does it need to be something difficult? Pick something that is as easy as possible. And I encourage you to try it consistently for a number of nights, for a number of weeks to really start to notice if you feel any benefit from it. If you've had a long-term sleep issue, then, you know, that didn't come on overnight. So it may not disappear overnight also. It's about taking consistent steps to improve things for you. There's further information and resources available on the Sleep Council website. And I will pop the link in the show notes to there. 
And to really deep dive into the topic of sleep, I can highly recommend that you listen to episodes 70 and 147 with Professor Matthew Walker on the Dr. Chatterjee's podcast, which as I mentioned is called Feel Better, Live More. Again, I shall pop a link in the show notes to point you towards Dr. Chatterjee if you're not already familiar with his stuff. So thank you very much for joining me for this episode. This is a topic that is so I'm so passionate about and it's so close to my heart. Um, so I hope that you've managed to take something away that is going to benefit you. So do let me know how you get on. Always love it to hear from, from people. So wishing you a lovely rest of your day or your evening. And I'll see you for our next episode. Remember, episodes are out every other Wednesday. So I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. And please press subscribe to help boost the Beautifully Balanced podcast. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Beautifully Balanced Podcast.